Hey, so let's turn in our Bibles this morning to uh, 1 John chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 3 this morning. Uh, if you guys are new, if you're new here, welcome. My name's Tanner. I'm the pastor here at the church. And, uh, and we, we, uh, we're at Calvary Chapel. We go uh, verse by verse through the Bible. So we're working through 1 John right now. This is week three uh, that we've been in 1 John. And what a just a rich text 1 John has been for us, um, just teaching us about having relationships with God and um, relationships with others and, and just the comparison that John makes to uh, the light versus the dark and how God is the light and how we need to be walking in the light. We saw a lot about that last week. My sermon today is titled, Are We Walking Like Him? And the end of my sermon last week uh, kind of posed the question, how's your walk going? And today we're going to see that John is essentially giving us a little bit of a, of a test or an evaluation, a way that we can kind of look at how our walk is going and, and, and see We see that John was, uh, he's been talking about walking in the light and, and what it looks like to have this relationship with God and with others and really giving us a roadmap. John was up against uh, writing to the church of Ephesus and, uh, and really dealing with uh, like second generation Christians that um, and we're already seeing some weird stuff come into uh, the church, Christianity. And um and so John's trying to set the record straight in a lot of ways and just say, this is how it is and, and you can't listen to these false teachers. You can't, you can't trust them. You need to trust what the, the Lord is saying to you. You need to go back and remember Jesus. And, and he starts off the book by just saying, I was there with Jesus. I knew Jesus and this is how Jesus was. And this is how we walk in the light with him. And so we kind of see he's switching from how do you walk in the light with them with to how how's your walk going? <clears throat> and so we're gonna really see three important areas. I think three kind of questions we can kind of ask ourselves as we go along this morning and just evaluate that question. How is our walk going with God? And we're gonna ask if we have a desire to obey him. Are we putting that knowledge that we have of God into action? And do we have a heart to love people the way Jesus loved people? It's again, kind of been the theme of the book. I was writing this week and almost felt like a broken record. It's like, man, there's a lot of stuff I just went over last week, but it's in there a lot because it matters. It's important. It's not an accident that John continued to just drive these points home because it matters. It's our relationship with God. And so we're going to jump right into the text this morning, uh, starting in verse 3. And the first thing we're going to really see here is, uh, is just that desire to obey. Verse 3 says, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 
But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. So how do we know that we know that we know him? It says by keeping his commandments, obeying him. That's, uh, that's what it says. Oh, if we keep his commandments, keep uh, the word translates to guard. Guard his commandments. <clears throat> and I, I don't think it's just that we need to keep his commandments. I think it's that desire to keep his commandments. It's a, we can't just look at our relationship with God as, as something where God's saying it and, and we have to do it out of a place of just obedience. It's out of an obedience because we love him. It's a desire to say, God, I love you and I have a relationship with you and I wanna serve you. I wanna please you, God. <clears throat> and that's a difference between Knowing God and knowing of God. You guys know people who maybe know of God, but doesn't really know God. There's people out there. I, I, uh, it's kind of a running joke in my house. My oldest son, he's a bookworm. He's very book smart and just loves facts. He loves coming up with facts. And, and even last night, <laughs> he, he goes, Dad, do you know Julius Caesar? And I just like can't help myself as a dad. I just like, no, son, he died way before I was born. <laughs> and he does this all the time. And I just, I always get him on it every time. But he's just like, no, do you know like who he was? I'm like, well, yeah, I've heard of him. You know, I, you know, I, I went to school. I know some things. But I always, you know, no, I actually never did get to like know the guy. And it drives them nuts, but I still think it's hilarious. So, <laughs> but knowing somebody is spending time uh, to, get to, to get to know them, right? You have to spend time with somebody to get to know them. Uh, you have to be around somebody to get to know them. These, knowing somebody generally means they're like your friend or you're a family member Somebody you hang out with, maybe a coworker. <clears throat> and that's different from knowing of somebody, right? We all know of people. That's maybe knowing of people is maybe just information that you've received about somebody. That's, that's knowing of somebody. Um, maybe it's just somebody that you see on a fairly regular basis, but you don't get a chance to have a deep conversation with them. Uh, I know like, me sitting over in the office, the dude that walks the mall like seven days a week, 365 days a year. Oh, I, I don't know what he does for a living. He just walks the mall, I guess. But I mean, I know of that guy. I couldn't tell you his name. We just nodded at each other and smiled. Say hi. But that's, diff that's different. And the difference is relationship. There's no relationship that, that I have with a man walking in the mall. I can't have a relationship with Julius Caesar. He's dead. And it's just like our relationship with God. You have to spend time with him. 
How do we spend time with God? We read the Bible. We get in the word. We pray. We worship. We come to church. We hang out with other believers. If you know God, you have a relationship with God. That's what our text is saying this morning. That's our test. If you know him, you're going to have a relationship with him. And if you have a relationship with God, you know of God's unconditional love. You can't know our God and not know that he's a God of love who loves you unconditionally and just wants what's best for you. So if you know of God's unconditional love, then why wouldn't you want to try as hard as you can to please him? to obey those commandments. If he knows what's best for you, it's just like your parents most of the time. That they, they, they want what's best for you and you're gonna listen to them because you trust them. And so why would we do something? Why would we do something to separate that relationship? Why, if, if we have a God that we just love so much Then, then why would we choose to practice a life of sin? They just don't go hand in hand. We saw that last week in our text. Darkness and light just cannot combine. And it's not that we're not, that we live perfect lives. It's that condition of actively practicing that sin and, and just being unrepentant about it. <clears throat> I saw one guy that I was studying up on just lay it out like this. He said, a Christian no longer loves sin as he once did. A Christian no longer brags about his sin as he once did. A Christian no longer plans to sin as he once did. A Christian no longer fondly remembers his sin as he once did. A Christian never fully enjoys his sin as he once did. A Christian is no longer comfortable in habitual sin as he once was. And not out of a place of, I have to do this. Out of a place of like a God that loves us so much that why why would I want to? Why why wouldn't I want to? I get to. Charles Spurgeon put it like this. He said, the Christian no longer loves sin. It is the object of his sternest horror. He no longer regards it as mere trifle, plays with it or talks of it with unconcern. Sin is dejected in the Christian's heart, though it is not ejected. Sin may enter the heart and fight for dominion, but it can't sit upon the throne. Pretty cool. I also love how Charles Spurgeon talks. It's just like an old-timey guy. So, <laughs> But just that thought of just like sin, yes, of course sin's going to enter our lives. But are you going to let it rule your life? Are you going to let it sit on the throne of your heart in, in place of Jesus? Our first, our first, uh, our first test here is, do we have an attitude that tells us that we want to obey God, that we want to please God? 
that we have the knowledge, that we're spending time with God. Is it it Jesus sitting on your throne this morning or is it something else getting in the way of Jesus sitting on your throne? Number two, we're gonna look at a a call to action and and this just covers verse six. It says, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to just walk just as he walked. And so it's this idea of, putting into action. We talked about this last week, walking in the light, not just sitting in the light or laying in the light. Uh, And in the same word, he uses the words walked just as he walked. It's an action. Are you putting the knowledge that you have of God into action? Are you putting that obedience that you have into action? Because if you're not, that's pretty silly. Pretty silly to go, Oh God, I just love everything you're doing for me. Just, I trust you and um, I don't, this is just not gonna work for me though. So I'm gonna go do my own thing. Still love you, you're great. Of course not, because if we're in a place of obedience, coming from a place of love and a desire to want to please him, there should be action. There should be a change. Bible says faith without works is dead. <clears throat> I, uh, I got some new, I don't know if you guys noticed, I got some new shoes. They're pretty nice. Um, one of my friends was giving me a hard time. These are van skating shoes. And uh, it was just like, oh, I didn't know you were a skateboarder now. And I was just like, you know, I'm I'm not, but you know, God gave me like dolphin flippers for feet. So <laughs> skating shoes really, you know, they really work for me because they're wide. Uh leave my shoes alone, man. What are you doing? But just like my just like my new shoes, my new skating shoes, uh they don't make me a skateboarder. The skateboard in my garage does not make me a skateboarder. Um, My knowledge of skateboarding does not make me a skateboarder. I could go on YouTube and watch skateboard videos all day, learn the lingo. I I have played the Tony Hawk games. I still don't know how to skateboard. I don't know. It just doesn't work like that, right? You can't just learn stuff and, and collect stuff and expect to... Just know how to do it. With most things, it requires action, practice. (laughs) That was weird. This is why we don't let Matt leave. (laughs) Okay. That freaks me out a little bit. I gotta. Anyway, what was I saying? I don't know how to skateboard. That's what I was saying. Um, and how silly would it be if I walked around here and just went, I'm a skateboarder. 
I, I just, I shred the half pipes and that's what I do. I, I kick flip. Um, and then went to go prove it and just ended up kissing concrete outside. Like you guys would all look at me and go, what a joke. But abiding in him means that we're like him, that we're walking in him, that we're practicing. And I fear that sometimes we look silly as Christians with a Bible in our hand or, or us saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I go to, I go to church on Sundays and I listen to Christian music. Um, but then your actions aren't really showing the same. You're not walking that walk that Jesus walked. You're easily angered. Maybe you're in places you shouldn't be. Maybe you're watching stuff on TV you shouldn't be watching. I don't know what it is. But I feel like we sometimes look pretty silly to the outside world when we, when we live those lives where we, uh, we're sitting here going, yeah, absolutely, man. I, I absolutely have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I absolutely love going to the strip club. That's, those things don't go hand in hand. They just don't. Or anything else. I mean, anything else that just separates our sin or separates our walk with Jesus. And again, it's not about being perfect, but it's about repentance. It's about when we screw up, we're so quick to say, God, I'm so sorry. I don't want that. Like Spurgeon said, I don't want that. And I don't want that to sit on my throne. Get it out of here. Remove this garbage. Let me walk back in the light. <clears throat> but to walk like Jesus walked, like our text says, he ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Well, how did Jesus walk? What would Jesus do? That's a, somebody should put that on a bracelet. Um, I, what I, what I, re I really love about Jesus is that Jesus was somebody who put his money where his mouth was. Jesus wasn't just somebody who sat in a room somewhere and, and just spouted out, this is what we need to do. And I'll go do it. I'll be here. You guys let me know how that, how that went. That's not what we saw Jesus do. Jesus went out and, and proved himself. He showed us how to do it. He was the ultimate example. He's the perfect example and showed us how, how we should walk. That would also be pretty silly if we just were commanded to walk like him and didn't get to see how he walked because it would be talking like him. And don't get me wrong, we should talk like him too, but let's walk like him. <clears throat> it's the exact opposite. You guys all have that uncle that's doing stupid stuff at family reunions and goes, do as I say and not as I do. I, I do anyway, I have a few of them. Um, do as I say, not as I do. How about just do as I do? That's what Jesus says. Do as I say and as I do. But he also says, follow me. He says, I've given you an example of how to do this. And now you need to do it. Copy me. Look to me for an example. I'm, I, you know, Jesus was that action. 
So what happens if we don't? Well, again, this is kind of a test of, of how we're doing with our walk. And that's going to just be damaging to our relationship that we have with God if, if there's no action steps. Again, faith without works is dead. It says it in the Bible. I also like uh, Jesus here in, in Luke 46 brings it up when he's talking about this parable. He says, but why do you call on me? Or why do you call me Lord and not do the things which I say? Why do you call me Lord and not do what, I, what I'm saying to do? This whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he's like. He's like a man who built a house and dug deep and laid it on a foundation of rock. And when the flood arose and the house was beaten, it stood up and it wasn't shaken. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on earth without a foundation. And when that stream came, knocked that house down and it said the ruin of that house was great. <clears throat> and that's, that's really, we can look at it. We, we can either do as Jesus said and have that firm foundation built on that relationship with Jesus. And we can look at it and say, I'm doing, I'm doing the best I can to, to live a life like Jesus. Or as soon as some stream comes through, we just get knocked down and, and we start over. <clears throat> it's that call to action that really takes us to that next step. And, and it's something we got to look at today and go, how am I doing with my, how am I doing? Uh, you know, am I putting my money where my mouth is? Am I doing things that, that are glorifying God and Jesus? Or do I need to look at myself in the mirror and just go, this isn't, this isn't what Jesus wants for me? <clears throat> we get into verse 7 here. This really is just another, a longer point of... <laughs> the second point, but it's a heart to love because a heart to love is, is an action that Jesus did, but we got five verses here to that really just breaks it down. So I think it was pretty important. I think it was important enough to get its own point. <clears throat> Verse seven says, brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you? Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. He goes into pretty great detail about loving your brother and, and, and hating your brother. He lays it out pr pretty crystal clear. There's not really much for me to explain here because it's all written out pretty clear. 
You're in darkness if you hate your brother. the beginning of it where he says, I write no new commandment, but an old commandment. And then he says, this is a new commandment. Well, that's a little bit of a confusing word choice, John. But what he's talking about is that new commandment that Jesus gave us. What is that commandment? Anyone? A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are disciples if you have loved one another. John's talking about this new commandment that Jesus said. This is important. He said, love God and then love others. And John's bringing that back up. Remember what Jesus said. These are words from Jesus's mouth. This isn't something I've made up. Go back to the beginning of chapter two. We talked about it last week. But he said, uh, or maybe one, but he says, this is God writing this. And I'm writing, and I'm just telling you this so you don't sin. And again, at the expense of sounding like a broken record, the the church sometimes doesn't do a very good job of, of loving others. And in this case, John's talking to a church. So he's talking about brothers. He's talking about Christian brothers and sisters. Um, But the commandment Jesus used was love one another. And and that's a bigger level even than than just Christian brothers and sisters. But on both levels, we could do better. We can do better as a body of Christ at at this. I went to, or uh, I don't know if you guys heard, there was a, Comic-Con here yesterday at the in the mall. Albany's first Comic-Con. Really interesting event. Really interesting event. Um, I don't think anybody really knew what to expect. Albany is a pretty small market for something like that. Um, if you guys have never heard of like a Comic-Con, it's, it's, um, yeah, it can be, it can be a little wild. Uh, fleshly and i'm not just talking spiritually it's physically fleshly too there's <laughs> some wild stuff going on here and uh but yeah just a lot of a uh, lot of let's say countercultural to 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 maybe church and we were asked to be involved and i was like Ugh. i don't know maybe I really had to like think about it. It's like, do we want, you know, do we want to be involved in something like that? And and so I just said, like, you know, let us know what we can do. We ended up showing a movie in here. They asked us to show a movie. So I said, Yeah, we can open our doors. You know, we're not gonna show anything crazy in here, but but yeah, we'll we'll turn on a movie. And and Ryan and I spent all day here yesterday. Um we made popcorn for people, distributed drinks, and just um and we're just friendly faces for, for these people. And I had some interesting conversations with folks. Um, everything from a woman who walked by, didn't even know Comic-Con was going on in the mall, who stopped it. The, I was just hanging out at the front doors and there's booths, there's tables lined up all over the place. People, It was packed. I, I do not not expect so many people to be here. 
Um, but it was it was crazy. And some some woman walked by and I just smiled there and said, "Yeah, we're we've got like popcorn and we're showing a movie later." And she just looked at me and she said, "Oh, I'm not here for this." Like I was just here to go to I can't remember where she said she was going to go. I didn't even know this was here. And quite frankly, I'm appalled that a church would even be involved in something like this. And I just had to like smile at her and go, you know, I see where you're coming from, but like, are these just the people that we just decided as like a church that we're just not going to love anymore? Are these just the the outcasts? They're just like, this is the line that Jesus drew and, and these people over here just, they, they don't receive love. And she just, she didn't really have a response to that. Just, just smiled and kept walking. So, uh, but I also had some other interesting conversations. A lot of these people were very friendly and, and and was like, man, super cool that you guys are just giving away free stuff. They were pretty blown away that we'd just be handing out free stuff in the mall. Uh, Well, is she just giving this away for free? Yeah. Come in and watch Star Wars or whatever. And, and so, you know, I wish I could sit here and say that, I, you know, I talked with a bunch of people and got them all saved. That didn't happen yesterday. But I had some good conversations with some folks who, who maybe would have never, ever had a conversation about God or uh, even looked at a church where it ran the other way. I talked to a guy that had four-inch horns sticking out of his head yesterday. <laughs> Just... I had a conversation with Jesus about him and we didn't get deep, but he went, okay. You know, what's interesting about a lot of these conversations I had though. And what really kind of blew me back was that there was a, a, a pretty good amount of people that I talked to that, that would actually engage with me and, and want to have a conversation that, that really said, wow, this church being here, this is, this is cool. You know, I, like I was once involved in church as, as, you know, some said as young as 10, some said as a teenager, but through the years, I just, I stopped going because I was shamed. Um, they didn't like something I was doing. I was asked to leave be, because of something they didn't like. And that just, it broke my heart. It happened three or four times yesterday. I had three or four conversations with people that just went, while your church seems really different from the church I grew up in, uh, it, even that you just open your door to a bunch of people that don't necessarily agree with, with what you're doing. And that really, that really killed me a little bit. It really killed me as just, <laughs> but, you know, these, these people just living of the world and you see so many organizations out there and, and, and different outreach for the homeless and for uh, drug abuse and prison ministries. And, um, and for some reason, the, there's kind of a group of people that gets left behind. And, and it almost seems like it's this group that, that almost rejects the church. And I'm finding out a lot of them are just rejecting the church because the church rejected them first. And what a, what a awful thing to think that we've just, that's a, 
we evaluate the church, and, and if we're putting the church in the evaluation, it's a big fat F. Not our church, but church in general. I think we do a pretty good job, and praise the Lord for that. And, and we're just going to keep going and, and getting better, man. Praise the Lord for this location, and that we're able to do stuff like that. I, it was funny. They had some Star Wars characters walking around yesterday, and and they're like professionals. Like, they come down from Portland, and their suits light up and they've got these super sweet lightsabers but they like they had no place around to like just cool off and so like i caught them back here like taking off their helmet and trying to and i was like hey man you can like use this back room back here like nobody's back there it's blocked off and they were super appreciative but it was funny they were they came in and sat down in a couple of seats over here and uh, i was able to just take a picture of them just sitting here like looking at our stage. It made me go like, what if the real Darth Vader was sitting there? Like pretty, pretty bad guy. It's like, would he get the love of Jesus? Would he get the love of the church? And and there is, we kind of seeing there is like a group looking at reaching these people. Uh, uh, And it's unfortunately it's the progressive church. The progressive church is, is trying to reach out to these people and go, we'll accept you the way you are. We'll accept you the way you are, and you don't have to change anything about yourself. And how even more heartbreaking is that, that they're just getting false doctrines. The same thing that this early church was looking at with these Gnostics that, that just claimed just total nonsense, that you could be saved in other ways. Jesus wasn't real. He was a spirit. Uh, knowledge flowed through these men. They were above higher class, all that stuff. It's just early progressive church. And so, I, I mean, they love the progressive church because the progressive church is feeding them nonsense. It, it, it's the progressive church is setting them up for failure. And so we need good churches to go out there. We need to be people of love. We need to go out into areas that are going to make us feel uncomfortable and go, oh, this is weird. I don't like it here, but I need to be here. Jesus needs to be here. These people need to hear about the word of God. <clears throat> I had a couple of great conversations. I had a great conversation with a dude, 16 years old. He came up three different times and just asked questions about the church. And if that kid came in here one Sunday and sat down and got saved, it makes everything worth it. It makes everything worth it. And if even one person went home and just thought about, yeah, that church was so cool to just, you know, maybe I'll give church a try one of these days. How cool would that be? Praise the Lord for that. We got to do a better job. We just got to do a better job. We got to come together. And it starts with the church. And I've said, man, you're probably getting tired of me hearing, tired of hearing it, but I'm going to keep saying it. We got to love each other the way Jesus loved us. Jesus gave us forgiveness and he continues to give us forgiveness. We got to forgive others. We got to be people who love other people. 
Um, I'll call Robert back up now. I'm going to close by just uh, by just asking you guys, how, how's your walk doing? Are you guys doing these things? Are we making progress in the right direction? Are we going out and loving people the way Jesus loved people? Are we obeying God with a heart to please him? If you're obeying God in a, in a way that feels like it's a robot or I have to do this, then you, I feel like you don't really know God because that's not what God wants for you. God wants that relationship with you, a, a fatherly relationship with you where he can pour into you and say, this is, you need to obey these things because it's what's best for you. And then we need to turn around and put this stuff into action. We need to be out there walking the way Jesus walked. I'm gonna call my prayer team up too. And I just encourage you this morning, if you're just in a place where you feel broken, if there's something off with your walk, you say, what's happening in 1 John right now is not what's going on in my life. And I desire to have more uh, Jesus, something looks off. I don't know. I, I had one way and then go and, and do another thing outside of church. I'm not getting into the word enough. I'm not spending enough time with Jesus. I, man, my heart's just hard for, for people. I, I don't want to see what's best in people. I, I'm bitter. I'm holding on to bitterness. I'm angry. I just encourage you to come up and get some prayer today. Come get prayed for. 